Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we're doing something we've never done before. We are covering what is essentially a stand-up comedy special, although this is a very different kind of comedy special. It is Bo Burnham's Inside, which was filmed over the last year during the pandemic while he was stuck in his house, and uh, definitely stretches the limits of what could be considered a comedy special. Uh, myself and many others are really considering it a film itself. It's more like an experimental kind of feature film, and so I thought it would be something worth talking about here on the show. Plus, I love it, and it's one of the best things that's come out this year as far as I'm concerned. Joining me to talk about it is stand-up comedian and awesome movie year co-host, Jason Harris. So he is back with us today to talk about this movie, and uh, that's coming up here in a second. But before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Leave us five stars if you like what we do here on the show. It helps get the show seen by more people, I guess, maybe, hopefully. Um, uh, aside from that, you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And really quickly, before we get to the conversation, I do want to thank everyone out there who has been listening to this show since we started it four years ago, because we just hit 50,000 downloads, which is an awesome milestone. Very proud of the fact that people are actually out there listening to this thing. Uh, so thank you so much um, for continuing to do that. And I look forward to continuing to make the show for you for a long time. So... Let's get on to the episode. We're going to talk about Bo Burnham's Inside, and let's get to it right now. All right, so we are going to talk about Bo Burnham's Inside, and with me to talk about it is awesome movie year co-host and stand-up comedian Jason Harris. Jason, how's it going? Dave, uh, I'm fine. I know why you have me on this one, because like Bo Burnham, I am a stand-up comedian, right? That's right. And unlike Bo Burnham, I am not successful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, boy. Well, this should be a fun one. This is going to be a really uh, strange episode uh, because we've never done anything like this before. But I, you know, after watching it, I definitely had things that. I think we qualify as puzzle pieces and I'm sure you got some good stuff over there too. But uh, I just want to, before we get to the puzzle pieces, ask you, are you a big fan of Bo? 
Huh, this special kind of reinforced my thoughts on him, which mm-hmm. is uh, young. Probably you could say he's a creative genius. He's, he's bordering on that level. I love him as a director. Eighth Grade was one of my favorite movies the year it came out. Yeah. Um, don't really think he's a funny comedian. Never have. I've okay. always been more interested in him as a content creator. And I feel kind of similarly about this special as I do about everything I've seen from him in the past. How about you? I kind of was the other way around. Well, not the other way around, but I should say I never really watched his specials. I love eighth grade, of course, just like just like you. And that was actually the first episode of Piecing It Together you were on. So we talked about that before. But I never watched his specials as big of a fan of stand-up in general as I am. And the little bits and pieces that I did see. I I didn't quite like before, but what's different is that this really I I love this this special so much. I just think it is so funny and so smart. But I definitely get the criticism though of what he is. I think he is more of a content creator. I mean, I think he's like a multimedia funny person, you know. But as a a straightforward stand up, maybe not so great. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm in the minority. This thing's getting rave reviews. And I think from like a creativity and an execution standpoint, just amazing, right? Yeah. But I barely laughed. So like as a stand-up thing, like that, and that could be a puzzle piece. Like, is this a stand-up special? Which kind of leads into one of my puzzle pieces, right? Uh So is stand-up comedy even a thing anymore, you know? And then you kind of think of other people who are working in the field with uh, different aspects of it. So Yeah, I don't know. I know I'm in the minority. Everyone loves this thing. I love it from a production standpoint and a creativity standpoint. As a stand-up special, it did very little for me. Yeah, and and yeah, we'll start getting into puzzle pieces here soon, but uh, I normally wouldn't cover something like this on Piecing It Together, but I do think this kind of qualifies more as a weird experimental film than a straightforward stand-up special, because there's not that many, like, joke jokes in it, and he's not talking to a crowd like you would expect a stand-up you know special but of course part of that is due to the constraints of it but um it's definitely more of just like a weird unique film than anything i think i think that's fair so maybe i went in with the wrong expectations Mm. but i also think like as a comedy special like i mean and we say this a lot but you could have edited a half hour out of this thing and it tighter a tighter hour is better to me than an uh, a bloated hour and a half that makes sense well let's get into some puzzle pieces and i will say as we get into them uh mine are all over the place you know this being a different kind of episode some of them are about the whole overall project some of them seem to be about Bo himself some of them are about specific bits within the piece because it is kind of sketch like um but that being said let's start jumping into it what do you have for your first puzzle piece? well let's talk about one that i thought was a very good special but not a very good comedy special more of a one-woman show and again it kind of broke the internet or, you know, went viral, which was Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, right? Sure. Um, That is a one-woman show, and she's talking about serious things in a humorous manner, and it's very cohesive, but I barely laughed at that. So, Mm -hmm. again, I think we're, like, stretching or moving the goalposts of, like, what is what is a stand-up special? What is a comedy special? And I don't really care how to define it. It's just, like... I just care if I laugh or if I'm entertained. And like this one, I was like, oh, this is interesting. 
this is very creative and well written, but I didn't really laugh. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely thought of Hannah Gatsby uh, going into this, and that that's one that I think you know tries to stretch what a stand up special can be, and doesn't really amuse me too much in, in any way. And so I, I kind of watched it and I was like, eh, okay, yeah, I get it. But didn't really do that much for me. But I, I think it makes sense as a puzzle piece here. I'm going to use that though and jump right into another stand-up special that also kind of played with the form. And that's Maria Bamford's The Special Special Special. You remember that one? I don't. I, I love Maria Bamford. I have seen her live before. She's hilarious. And um, and she's always, you know, kind of uh, mutating and making the form malleable. So she's great. Right. And I will have to look that one up because oh, I've never it, seen it. It's great. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it's from 2014. And the whole crowd was just her parents. So she's just doing amazing. a whole special for her That's parents. That's amazing. Yeah. It's just, she is so funny and, and so weird and just like really just does her own thing. And yeah, I, I think Bo Burnham with with this special, really with all of his work, but especially with this special, the idea of just trying to stretch what what a stand-up special can be and, you know, who it's for and, and what it is, um, you know, definitely seems to be like the main goal of this thing. So, you know, just personally, like, I, in my 20s, went and toured uh, and played, like, fraternity houses, porches, basements, backyards, roofs, right? And, like, you're always looking to, like, where can you take the form? And now, because of the explosion of, you know, the medium online, like, you can do that anywhere. At the time, it wasn't as accessible. Mm. And, um, you know, that frater- I was never in a fraternity, but I knew that there was money there and captivated audiences, right? right. So. You know, and to this day, I'm doing stuff where it's like we're in small rooms and restaurants and we're curating menus to go along with the comedy and stuff like that. So it's interesting because I I respect anything that's so outside of the box. And um, like I said, all these people are way more successful than I am. So good for them and sad for me. Something that's not sad for me is my next puzzle piece, which is one of probably my favorite stand-up special over the last few years and i think it surprised all of us because none of us knew what to expect but when you're talking about the mixture of comedy and music and just hitting it out of the park with hilarity adam sandler's 100 fresh amazing sure. stand-up special and holy cow did that dude come back hard with that one yeah that really kind of came out of nowhere too i mean he had done how long it had been since his last comedy special like decade or two right at that point i think right and you know there was all this talk like you know was he becoming stale or just kind of repeating himself and you know what what about the movies he's been making on netflix but he's proven to be in quite a renaissance right now between uncut gems you know between this special and between um and between uh hubie halloween which was very successful yeah, I mean, an entirely very successful uh, collaboration with Netflix. I mean, even if not all of the movies are as good as Hubie Halloween, um, you know, it, it's certainly been successful for him and for Netflix. Um, but yeah, no, that that's a great piece. And uh, speaking of musical comedy, this one, um, you know, really kind of applies to all of Bo Burnham's career, really. But I... I'm going to use it for the special itself too. And, and that's the work of Weird Al. 
Um, I, I think it it definitely fits in with what he's doing here. If you like look to things like Al TV or UHF, his movie, we could use a movie for a puzzle piece there. Just this whole kinetic energy of jumping from bit to bit to bit, nonstop, funny songs, funny different kinds of multimedia things happening. And his style really seems to be so heavily influenced by Weird Al. And you even get that bit, the, the Weird Al and Malcolm X, uh, he's right there in the middle. Well, I would agree with that. I think that's fair. Did you find these songs as enjoyable as you do? Because I know you're a big Weird Al fan. Did you think they were on that level? I actually really did. Uh, not Maybe not all of them. I mean, you know, you're not going to watch this you know, a special like this and they're not all going to be a hundred percent, but yeah, I actually laughed a lot at, at some of these songs. I mean, white woman's Instagram is, is hilarious. My favorite on this is welcome to the internet. Um, is great. I thought, um, turning 30 was really good. Um, I, a lot of these songs made me laugh a lot. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned those. Okay. Cause welcome to the internet was my favorite as well. Uh-huh. But that has ebbs and flows, right? That has, different bits, different pieces, uh, different sections, and really kind of takes you on the journey, right? Yeah. Now, my criticism is something like White Woman's Instagram, which is very popular and people already love it. And I just thought like, dude, I got this joke within the first two lines of the song, and you're just doing the same joke for an entire length of a song. If you did it without any music, you'd be like, you need to edit those tags because it's just a repetitive joke. And you're getting away with it because it's a song, but it's still like, it's the same thing. I get it. White women love pumpkin spice and they love, (laughs) you know, lotions and all this and that. And by like three minutes in, I'm like, come on, dude, like there's better, there's better stuff out there. And this is what I wanted. I'm glad you were having this discussion because you loved it. And I'm just like, maybe I just don't have the tolerance for that. That's possible. And, you know, as like a little mini bonus puzzle piece, speaking of white women's Instagram, I thought of that blog from like a decade ago, Stuff White People Like, which, you know, it really kind of blew up for a minute and there was a book and then it disappeared. But it is essentially the same jokes. Now, if it right now, if this was a standalone video, right, um, Mm -hmm. and that's all it was, like he released it on Twitter or something like that or, you know, just on Instagram and that was it, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's fun. But seeing an hour and a half and feeling that mostly you get the jokes within the first few beats of whatever song it is, and then Mm -hmm. it just keeps going. um, That's kind of where he lost me on this one. Although, like I said, the lighting, the camera, you know, placement, all that stuff's amazing, like really, really good. But the, the songs that got me are like, you know, welcome to the internet and the sock puppet one, because that, that takes you in so many different directions. Right. Sure. So that's what I mean when I'm saying, like, could this have been edited down? Yeah. Could we have, um, you know, this feels like something, uh, like, we're talking about using the form, but, like, was Netflix the best form to release this? And I don't know. Obviously, it's doing great, so probably. But I think it could have been more effective, you know, being released uh, maybe in bits and pieces. Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair criticism. Um, but at the same time, I also think if you go back and like look at some of these songs, now some of them like Welcome to the Internet is is fairly long, maybe you know three four minutes. But I think he's smart enough to keep most of these songs pretty short, like a minute or two, so they don't really just keep nailing in the same point over and over again. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, still a lot of them are, you know, kind of one note jokes per song. Right. You know? And I felt like it was the whole premise, which is a cool premise stuck inside, got repetitive after a while. Like we get it, you know, we're all sad and we want to, you know, go out and have human contact. And, sure. You know, 
but whatever. You know, like, again, uh, we're on opposite sides, but neither of us, I mean, I have to, like I said, respect, like, what a creative endeavor it is. Just didn't find it that funny. But that's okay, Dave. That is okay. Yeah, that's okay. So let's talk about another puzzle piece, which is going to be the TV show Search Party, uh, which I love. And it just wrapped up its fourth season and I felt like went on one beat too long and could have shaved like one minute off the last bit and uh, and it could have been a perfect ending. But I think they left it open because they're going to have another season, whatever. But, you know, Search Party is really a commentary on millennials. And, you know, um, the meaninglessness of the stuff they find important. And I think Bo Burnham does a good job here of doing the same thing with like Gen Z and the online culture and, you know, kind of that fake world uh, becoming the most important world. Like when he's doing commentary videos on his commentary video. Very good. Very smart. Right. Like I like that a lot. Um, Also in this past season, not to spoil something, a search party, but here it is going to be a spoiler. Dory is kidnapped and spends a lot of the time in a single room that she can't get out of, basically going through her own horrible pandemic, uh, but in a much worse way. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I still need to watch that show. It looks really funny, and I know a, a lot of funny people are involved with it. Um, but yeah, that works That works definitely as a puzzle piece. And I, I guess this one... Um, really kind of works right along with that because, you know, it's a little cheat to go to the same director's previous work, but I'm going to bring up Eighth Grade as a puzzle piece here because I do think Bo Burnham is uh, continuing in the same, you know, idea of of kind of looking at social media and the internet and what it is doing to us, especially to younger people's brains and, you know, the communication between people being just a constant thing and the need for approval and all that. And I think that that's more the uh, target of this special, even than the pandemic, even though it's kind of billed as this thing, you know, a post-pandemic special filmed while he was stuck in his house on lockdown. I think the real goal is to kind of break down more of, you know, what's happening with social media and all that. Well, one thing he does really well in both eighth grade and this special is talk about the uncomfortability that's a tough word uncomfortability you of it. whatever age you're getting into right i mean sure that's the whole point of eighth grade and he talks about this you know hitting 30 and uh seeing his friends grow up and you know having stupid idiot kids and all this and that <laughs> and, you know so i think uh, he does that well um so that's that's fine i uh i want to add one or two more pieces that uh i felt like could be in here uh based on the location mm-hmm. one was the movie room um, sure you know which well, the first half of it uh she's trapped in a room the whole time yeah, right absolutely so, um and that's tough and uh it seems like there's no escape and then i'll add on to that a, a movie that probably people don't know as well which is uh maybe the first movie i saw that was shot all inside of one room which is Richard Linkletter's tape, which is great. It's very kind of experimental and pushing and moving along. And uh, I recommend that. And that's all inside of like one hotel room. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to go with the aviator for the end once, uh, you know, he's in his room watching the projector and letting his hair grow out. There you go. <laughs> uh, he's a, uh, he's a uh, Howard Hughes is the, uh, precursor to Bo Burnham. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, well, I'll go on to another piece here. And actually, you know, I, I'm going to stick in the same vein as uh, eighth grade. This kind of could have just been combined with that. But I'm going to go with some of the recent documentaries like The Social Dilemma and Feels Good Man that, you know, deal again with this whole social media and what it is doing to us and uh, how it's manipulating people's brains and, and really kind of changing the way we think about the world and the way we interact with the world and maybe not in a good way. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of the uh, songs and a lot of the commentary within this uh, this special do seem to be trying to tackle that and uh, just how hard it's going to be to predict the long-term effects of the way that everybody's living right now. I think that's a good, good point, Dave. And also, uh, you could almost bridge that to these true crime documentaries and almost podcasts in a way using technology to help solve cases. Or using technology to lure people in to uh, do murders on them, right? Sure. What yeah, was yeah. it? Like, tall, blonde female, I think, was one. And then uh, last year was uh, American Murder, and that's how they caught the guy. And those are both on Netflix. Um, you know, even Don't uh, don't Fuck With Cats, which is very good. You know, I recommend that one. Um, and how they track this dude down on the internet. And so you can see the both the power and the horribleness of the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? So talking about bridges, let me bridge this way back from Linkletter to Linkletter to right. Slacker, which mm. um, is a great movie. One of the seminal independent films of, I think it came out in 1990, but, you know, he just goes all around uh, his hometown of Austin before it was, you know, the coolest place in the world and tells like these little itty bitty stories and then transitions from one to the next. And that kind of movement and form reminded me of... Burnham's movement from place to place uh, and song to song in this piece. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, you know, this this film, it looks so damn good. Um, and, you know, considering one person made it alone in a room, you got to wonder if people like Linkletter, if they had access to the kind of technology we have right now, like what what their projects would have looked like, what they would have been making back then. I mean, you know, you're... As an artist, you can only use what's available at the time, and uh, yeah. you push those limits of that. And I think Slacker pushed the limits of like, hey, this is all I have, and this is um, the lowest budget thing that I can make right now. And I think that uh, this was the same type of thing. Well, I'm in this room. you know, Not to say he couldn't go out, because everyone could go out during the pandemic. I think that was a little bit of a false narrative on this one, you know, but... Um, but it was really good. So, you know, speaking of false narratives, th there's one thing from his previous special, What, that I think is a really good thing to remember with Bo Burnham. And it's that moment where he knocks over the water bottle and then he's like apologizing for knocking it over. And then immediately a pre recorded song about him knocking over the water bottle starts playing. And it's like part of the lyrics is like everything in art is bullshit, you know? <laughs> and it's like the fact that he's just messing with every single aspect of it. And there's really, you know, you can't really take it at face value, any of it. It's all something that's been created, you know? Yeah, there's that moment in this special where he is singing the song and then he's watching himself sing the song, which is uh -huh. projected on his white shirt. And I thought, again, really, really smart there. Really good, you know? Yeah. So that was good. Is it my turn or yours, David? Uh, it's my turn. I'm going to go with Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, uh, a film which we're actually doing a uh, episode on very soon here. I'm piecing it together. But, you know, these silly songs being sung 
a lot of them from the point of view of a character who is, you know, totally like kind of self-righteous and like parodying that self-important artist kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Connor for real uh, is, I think, definitely there's parallels between him and the the persona that Bo Burnham has built for himself you know as a comedian and as someone singing these songs all right i like that movie so i'm not gonna hate on it so <laughs> there you go film all right awesome. here's one that uh not a pe- not a lot of people are gonna uh appreciate me mentioning but i think it has to be mentioned uh whatever you feel about this artist you can't deny his influence and art and i'm gonna say louis ck's series louis which we all sure. loved when it was out and there are all these stories of how I mean, he literally went on uh, WTF once and like kind of broke down how he was able to make these series by himself. I'm not sure if he did that with Louie or with Horace and Pete, but basically how to take the production into your own hands. And there are stories about like how he'd be at the comedy cellar. And while everyone was, you know, doing their sets, he'd be in the back on his, you know, MacBook editing and everything. So, you know, wherever, wherever he goes now, he's going to go now. But um, that series, I think, was so influential to comedians really owning their material and becoming auteurs in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, it's it's kind of impossible. I know, you know, in the moment that we're in right now, people want to, you know, erase people's, you know, accomplishments. But that, and, you know, rightfully so that he's, you know, kind of gone right now. That's what needs to happen. But uh, that show was so incredibly amazing. And I think, you know, as far as like the auteur, you know, idea for comedians, I don't think many comedians were like creating their own, you know, work like that other than just their their hours, their, you know, their, their you know, jokes. But um, to actually create an entire show like that and it's very groundbreaking work and definitely I think Bo is taking that and kind of running with it here. Yes. There you go. So, uh, I'll go to another piece here. I will go with when I wasn't even sure that I was going to watch this at first, you know, I I saw a lot of buzz about it on on the internet, but, uh, like I said, I haven't really watched his other specials before this. I went back and watched them after, but, um, Q told me to watch this, our, our buddy, David Quinones from over on bird road. And he said that if I was uh, going to watch it and do an episode on it, the first puzzle piece he would have thought of, and I completely agree with him, is Charlie Kaufman's Synecdoche, New York. Uh, and I'm not sure what exactly he was going for with it, but when I watched the special, the thing that connected it for me is, um, you know, this feeling of hopelessness that has kind of stemmed out from this being locked inside in the pandemic and creating art as a way to deal with that hopelessness and then that art just kind of going completely off the deep end and just disappearing within that art the way uh Caden you know the Philip Seymour Hoffman character uh does within Synecdoche New York wow what a shock you managed to get a Charlie Kaufman piece in here great I know it's amazing isn't it (laughs) I'm gonna keep building my bridges from uh comedic auteur to comedic auteur and hopefully this guy comes back a little more than what we've seen of him uh i think i don't even want to get into it but it seems like you know he's another one who you know whatever i don't even think let's just talk about the show uh (laughs) which is a great show on netflix master of none the first two seasons are brilliant i haven't watched the third season yet from what i hear it barely focuses on him which is unfortunate because 
Aziz Ansari is so good in this show and so good at kind of building these episodes and kind of um, creating uh, something grounded and real and believable. And uh, I just look at Louis and Aziz and kind of this world of like comedic auteurs. And I know people are going to be like, ooh, ooh. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm not denying whatever you want to feel about either thing. Although I think Aziz in his comedy special handled it really well when he addressed the, you know, issue that came up. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to say Master of None, which is a great show and everyone should watch. Yeah. And Master of None, of course, you know, bringing Louie back into it. I mean, completely inspired by by Louie's show and both incredible, incredible works of art. And uh, I definitely think that what Bo is doing here you know, comes from that for sure. Uh, I will go with my last piece. And this one kind of um, focuses in on that Welcome to the Internet segment that we talked about, which is a song, uh, you know, about the internet. It, it's kind of sung in this this creepy kind of, uh, what would you call it? Like a, a circus kind of music <laughs> kind of thing. But it, it's basically about the overwhelming power the internet has to kind of suck people in and give them everything while taking away any kind of, you know, real life, you know, from people. And I thought of uh, Under the Silver Lake, uh, a movie that that I love that kind of deals with very conspiracy-minded ideas. And there's this one scene in the center of the movie um, that it's kind of its own separate thing. It's a movie filled with conspiracies, but it's this old guy playing the piano and kind of revealing that he has written every pop song that you've ever heard of all as a way of like coding messages and like mind control and getting young people to uh, do, you know, what the powers that be want them to do. And it reminded me very much of, of the way that that song is constructed, uh, the Welcome to the Internet song, as well as the way that Bo is performing it in the, in the movie. And in a way, I'm kind of surprised. I know you just saw, you know, you're talking about Under the Silver Lake, Andrew Garfield. You just saw Mainstream and a person who's obsessed with their online persona. I thought you could have done that or sure, another yeah. movie that i know you love that i did not love which is ingrid goes west which is a person who bases their entire existence on tracking down a uh, in- influencer that uh they become obsessed with i definitely did think of ingrid goes west but didn't use it but uh, i did not think of mainstream and that would definitely fit in here as well well here's my last piece dave and this isn't really a spoiler because there's really no such thing as a spoiler here but at the end of the special he sees the light He gets to the door, he gets outside, he locks himself out, you hear all this weird laughter, and I thought if you were going to do a a Charlie Kaufman bit, you would have gone with, uh, I'm thinking of ending things there, because it's it's, uh, kind of as uncomfortable as that last bit in, uh, you know, in that, in Act 3 where he's performing. But the one I chose was the ending of The Truman Show, where he's getting out and he's going to live life and that's i get a bit a bit of a happier ending but again that's something where we're talking about voyeurism and watching stuff and you know today you would be watching truman online as opposed to tv so uh movie perhaps of its time and ahead of its time as well yeah that that's actually really true and you know in the conversation about you know whether this is a movie or just a straight up comedy special i mean something you know everything is changing so damn much now and you know an idea like the truman show could have been done more you know abstract like this and yeah i think that totally makes sense for the ending there 
But um, yeah, let, let's uh, go down the finished puzzle here and we'll get into any closing thoughts we have on Bo Burnham's Inside. Uh, we talked about Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, Maria Bamford's The Special, 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 Adam Sandler's 100% Fresh, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Search Party, Eighth Grade, Room, Tape, The Social Dilemma, Slacker, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, Louie. Synecdoche, New York, Master of None, Under the Silver Lake, and The Truman Show. Um, I, I definitely had other, you know, bits and pieces here, but they're just kind of all over the place. Did you have any, like, other uh, main thoughts that you wanted to get to that we didn't get to within the puzzle pieces? No, I mean, I think we talked a, a lot about it, and uh, I think, you know, I know, like we said, everyone pretty much loves this thing. I hope people feel my criticism is fair because I respect it. Um, but uh, I just want to see stuff that's funny when it's comedy special. And um, this one didn't do it for me from that level, but it definitely did it for me on a creative level. And and that's fair. I mean, I think definitely a big part of the draw with this is just how uh, unique and interesting the creativity portion of it is. I mean, he is really making the most of that one room with this thing. And that is a, a sight to see for sure. But I thought it was hilarious too. So, I mean, depends on, you know, your, your, you know, enjoyment of the particular topics coming up, I guess. Well, it's not just about the topics, but it's about the execution of it. And I think sure. we got into that a little earlier as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right on. I think that does it for Inside. Uh, is there something else you watch, Jason, that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Yes, Dave. I will recommend something to our listeners. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to relate it to this, perhaps, but I don't see that happening right now. So, let's, <laughs> yeah, not uh, not a lot of stand-up specials lately. So, you know, there really hasn't been. Uh, what's the last funniest thing I've watched? Uh, I don't know. Why don't you recommend something? I don't, I don't have a stand-up special, I'll tell you that. Um, I think the last one I watched was Jim Gaffigan's last one, which was like two years ago, I think. Yeah, I like the Mulaney ones. If you were looking for a true... You know, sure. Uh, oh, how about this? Let's recommend something from Mulaney that you might not have seen, because really, he's struggling right now just dating Olivia Munn and uh, <laughs> you know living that life. Poor guy. Um, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, since we're talking about playing with form, is on Netflix, and it's his take on a... Uh, kids you know variety show like a sesame street type thing and it is something that i watch with my daughter and it's hilarious and we both laugh out loud at it okay i'm gonna have to check that out because i do love him and uh, i have not seen that so definitely i will be checking that out uh but awesome uh jason why don't you tell people what you got going on with awesome movie year and everything else Awesome movie year has been canceled because <laughs> um, I didn't like the Bo Burnham special as much as everybody else. We're, we're, we're actually in the middle of 1967 when uh, it was another seminal year. We're talking about Burnham playing with form. 1967 was a seminal year for film about kind of breaking out and going from traditional movies to more of this auteur theory and kind of playing with the form of film and leads right into that golden age of cinema in the 70s. I think we got a lot of good stuff there. We've talked about Mike Nichols films. We'll be talking about Mel Brooks, about Godard, about Scorsese. So there's tons of stuff on this season to listen to. You can always follow us at Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. AwesomeMovieYear.com is much better than my website. Go for Jason.com. Uh, and awesomemovieyear.com isn't even that great of a website, but I am on Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram, Jay Harris Comedy on Twitter. Yeah, awesome. What about uh, what about your comedy? You want to tell anybody anything going on with that? 
It's not going well, Dave. <laughs> well, there's that. All right, Jason. This is a good down note to end it on. <laughs> hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From, From the, the Infectious, Infectious Groove Podcast. Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Bo Burnham's Inside. It is out right now on Netflix if you haven't watched it yet. And I think just yesterday at the time of this recording, uh, they actually put out a album version of all the songs from the, uh, from the film. So check that out too. It's definitely uh, worth checking out. So thanks to Jason Harris for joining me for that one. As always, make sure you check out Awesome Movie or two. Uh, and uh, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can, of course, rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser if you like what we're doing here on the show. And follow us on the social medias. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, all that stuff. Share the show with your friends if you like what we're doing. If you like the episode, make sure to share it. You can also comment. Let us know, you know what you think of it. I, I would love to hear from you. Uh, we also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine bonus content and advanced content from piecing it together, from Awesome Movie Year, from my music career, just everything that I am involved with. There is bonus content from all of those projects on the Patreon. We've got a lot of music stuff hitting there soon, so uh, definitely check that out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. So let's finish this thing off with a piece of music. And, uh, you know, while Bo Burnham was stuck inside making this special, I was stuck inside my house last year uh, working on a whole lot of music. And I released a new album at the end of last year called David Rosen. It's just a self-titled album. It's my sixth album. And uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's kind of my best album. But, uh, yeah, I've played a bunch of music from it before here on the show. But in case you've never heard any of it, this was the first single off that album. There's also a really cool music video that was made by this guy, Tobias Steiner. He's a uh, visual artist and visual effects guy. And you can check out that music video for Multiply over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash music by David Rosen. Uh, but check out the full album, David Rosen, available everywhere that music is available. And this song is Multiply. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.